Today, 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 everything changes for you. There is absolutely nothing any of us can do to change our past. But please know that your decision to join us in the purity of our praise unto God today definitely changes your future. St. Peter United decrees that you are worthy, you are loved, you are accepted, and you have a purpose. Our scripture reading today comes to us from uh, the book of Psalms. I've changed it up, book of Psalms. Uh, it will not be on the screen, so you'll have to go to it on your phone. The book of Psalms, Psalm, sorry, Psalm. Uh, chapter 13, Psalm chapter 13. Psalm chapter 13, starting at verse 1. And I'll go to verse 6. Psalm 13, verses 1 through 6. The writer says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I bear pain in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day long? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? The psalmist says, consider and answer me, O Lord my God. There's an exclamation point there, which means the writer's like, listen here, consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Have y'all ever yelled at the Lord before? Give light to my eyes or I will sleep the sleep of death and my enemy will say I have prevailed. My foes will rejoice because I am shaken. I am shaken. And then the psalmist says, but, somebody say but. but. I trusted in your steadfast love. Notice, not I trust. This is, I'm bitter. But I trusted in your steadfast love. And then, present, my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because God has dealt bountifully with me. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please join me in prayer. Gracious and loving God, give us all now the eye of the eagle. Help us to see clearly into all of our hopes, joys, fears, and sorrows. Collectively weave our hands to the gospel plow and tie our tongues to truth. Let us hear from you, the still-speaking, ever-living God in our midst. This is our prayer in Christ's name. Amen. So today I want to deconstruct, I want, to, I want us to think through something that um, I think tends to create some challenge for us in our faith. I want to deconstruct the notion of victory. I want to deconstruct victory. Who likes to be victorious? You, well, 
Oh, I thought I'd see more hands. People like to be, they like to be victorious. Who likes to be happy? Yeah, who likes to be happy? Who likes to have joy? Yeah. Who likes to have peace? Right? Oh, oh now, now I got an amen. Now folks are like, you, you got toes up in the air now. They have peace. I wrestle with all of these because these things are things that can point to victory, being victorious in life. But here's the challenge that I don't think our faith has taught us. We want joy, we want peace, we want happiness, and we want victory. But how do we know what that feels like? The opposite reinforces the value of the other. You cannot know what victory feels like unless you have felt defeated. You cannot know what happiness feels like unless you have felt some sadness. Right? You, you cannot know what peace feels like unless you've had disruption of your peace. We cannot experience these victorious, these wonderful feelings without having felt the opposite of those feelings. Y'all with me? So why is it we always want to avoid it and skip right to the victory? Why is it we can't say, I'm feeling sad today, I need to find out why? and not let the sadness drive us into more depression? Why is it we can't say, for some reason I don't have peace, I need to understand what is disrupting my peace so that I can create some more harmony? Why is it when we are not feeling joy, we don't seek out to find why we are not feeling the joy? I submit to you that God does not send any of these uncomfortable feelings to us. God is not out to destroy us. God is not out to disrupt our peace. God is not out to make us sad. God is not out to, to, to have us be defeated. But God is for us, as Scripture says, so nothing can be against us. If we are making that proclamation, why then do we try to run from the emotions that are sent to possibly grow us up? I don't like feeling sad. I don't like feeling depressed. I don't like people messing with my peace. I don't like things going crazy and wild. I don't like when things don't work out the way I want them to work out. So what do I do? What do I do? Here's the thing. Why am I deconstructing victory? Because we proclaim that we are Easter people. We are resurrection people. We are people of the resurrection. 
Ain't no grave going to hold his body down. Therefore, ain't no grave, no situation. Nothing is going to hold us down. We are going to excel and be victorious in all matters and everything in life, no matter what, because that is what the resurrection has attested to. The resurrection has caused this country and our culture to always want to live in a state of perpetual victory. Again, there is no perpetual victory without having some defeat. There is no perpetual victory without having some challenge, without having some disruption, without having your peace disturbed, without having some issues in your marriage, without having some issues on the job, without having some issues in your finance. There is no victory unless you have been through some moments of defeat. As Easter people who have been shaped by what society tells us, we all have ideas about how marriage is supposed to go. I've seen it on TV. I know this is how it's supposed to go. You are supposed to be home and wash dishes and take care of stuff, and I'm going to go to work, and you're going to make sure everything is set when I get home. Or you're going to be the one, we have to figure out how we're going to divide these duties. You're going to do your thing, I'm going to do my thing, and this is how it's going to be. Oh, oh, yes, and you, and, and you will always be attracted to me. You will love me in season and out of season for the rest of your entire life. There will be no one else that is attractive that won't, will catch your eye because I am the beauty and the apple of your eye. No one else could possibly ever be attracted. You did what? You texted who? What do you mean you want to be poly? I married you and we're supposed to be monogamous. You're not supposed to be seeing nobody else. My mama said, my daddy said, the media said, and for some reason, many of us have gotten trapped into a white heteronormativity in relationships. Truth be told, even they ain't being faithful to each other. As Easter people, we believe that victory looks like what the world is telling us victory should look like. If it is not turning out the way we see it on television, then we must be living outside of the norm. This is why even in LG relationships, people tend to fall into heteronormativity. There's a man and there's a woman. And everything is supposed to be lined up according to what we have been taught. So victory then looks like what the world has told us victory should look like. So instead of designing our relationships for ourselves, we get stuck fighting each other because we want to be something that we're not. What about on the job? What about on the job? 
you know you should have left the job a long time ago. A long time ago. My daddy got a good, he got a good old pension. But they don't give out pension jobs anymore. They don't, they don't, they don't care, they don't care about, look, my great-grandmother told me, baby, if you die tomorrow, they'll step over your body and hire somebody else. You, you are stuck trying to stay in a situation that is not helping you at all. But because somebody said you need longevity on the job and you got to stay there and you got to work it out, you are missing promotions that you could have created for yourself. Did, did you catch the end? You are missing promotions you could have created for yourself. Changing a job doesn't mean you're giving up on the company that you like and the, and the people that you work with that you like over there. Changing a job doesn't mean you hate those people or you hate the company, but if there is no room to grow, baby, you gotta go. There's no point in complaining about your finances. There's no point in complaining about the job when you could have created your own promotion. But victory looks like I gotta stick it out. Ooh, I gotta stick it out. I gotta pray it through. God is gonna see me. No, God is already seeing you through. Update your resume and get another job. <laughs> friends, friends, friends. Oh, well, you know, she been my friend since we were in high school and she don't give a damn about you. Cut her loose. You just want, your victory looks like I want to be able to say I didn't have my friends since we were in high school and we've been ride or die, that we down like four flat tires. You know, that's my friend. And she didn't slept with your man. She didn't slept with your woman. She didn't talk trash behind your back. She didn't did all kind of stuff, but that's still my friend. Let her go. If you have a friend since high school and y'all ain't had no ups and downs, something is wrong. Something wrong. We have sought to conform to what we see on Instagram and the images we see and how pretty everything is for other people. But you have your own life to live. Are you telling your spouse what's attractive to you? Are you telling your spouse what gets you excited? Are the kids out of here? Because I would struggle with if I was going to go here. Are you telling your spouse about what gets you excited? Are you, are you able to, Marcus and I struggle with this, we, we have this conversation, and, and it's okay for you to say somebody is your everything. But Marcus and I, <laughs> we have conversations, I was, he's like, you can't be my everything. I say, and you can't be mine either. Are you having honest conversations with each other or are you wrapped up in this, this fairy tale narrative about one person can be your everything and one person can meet all of your needs and one person and that this is the only person you're ever supposed to be with in your entire, is that what, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that, but if that's what you innately desire, then that is what is victory for you. But if that's not what you innately desire, you're walking in a victorious lie. 
You've already been defeated and are lying to yourself and to your spouse. I'm only talking about it because I know I have an audience. Because the idea of victory has us confused. And instead of moving to the place of lament, <laughs> right? Stepping out of victory and moving to a place of lament, moving to the place in what the psalmist says, how long, O Lord, will you hide your face from me? The psalmist is saying, I am struggling here and I don't know what to do. In our relationships, in the job, with our friends, there is a moment to lament. We cannot live in a state of perpetual victory all the time and expect to grow up. You cannot mature in God and in life as an adult without some challenges and some defeats. The lament just says, how long, oh Lord, shall I be in this situation? And then he ends and says, but I trusted in you and I will continue to rejoice in you. It's almost as if the psalmist knows even though I am in this situation and I don't like it, I'm lifting my voice, God, to say how long because I'm seeking answers. I'm seeking to be transformed. I'm seeking to find out something different. I'm seeking to find out how I can grow. I'm seeking to find out how I can love. I'm seeking to find out how I can have peace. How long, oh Lord, shall I be in this place waiting for an answer? The valley is only meaningful because of the peaks and the mountaintops. <laughs> In the valley is where we learn. In the valley is when we learn to truly rejoice when we do have the victory. But there is, there is, there is a process, and we can't always hate the process. Oh, it doesn't feel good. No. Oh, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to learn something about your spouse. And y'all been together for 16 years and you're just learning it. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to discover something of, about the person that you're with and, and y'all have been together for a few years and all of a sudden it's new stuff. It doesn't feel good for the job to tell you your performance is not great and so this is, this is what you need to change and you've been there for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years and you're complaining about it. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to find out that your friends have betrayed you. But you know what can happen in the midst of that? In the midst of that, you can discover who you really are. You can discover how God wants to shape you and mold you through what you are going through. God did not send it, but you can choose to allow it to destroy you, and you can also choose to run away from it. Y'all heard me say it to you before. You can run, but you cannot hide from yourself. You can hate this church and run to another. I used to say this. You can hate this church and run to another, but guess who's going to be at the other church? You. we have a unique opportunity to grow up. In the Christ event, 
Jesus Christ. I said we always want the resurrection part. We always want the part in which we are victorious and we have triumphed and we've overcome everything. But if you remember, in order to get to Easter Sunday, there was a Good Friday. Good. We, we skip, we always skip to the post-Easter Easter Jesus. We always skip to Easter Sunday. We run, it's interesting to me, not, you know, some people do the seven last word service, but most people definitely want to do a Monday, Thursday, but not a lot of people sit with the silence of Saturday. Not a lot of people sit with the silence of Saturday. Do you think that Jesus was probably feeling betrayed by God? Do you think that Jesus was probably feeling left? I know one of the words he says, he, he, he said was, God, why have you forsaken me? What, what do you think Jesus was feeling being pulled down from the cross, laid in the tomb? What do you think the people were feeling that had looked to Jesus, that, that did all these miracles and raised people from? What do you think they were feeling on Good Friday and on Saturday? You see, we have the pleasure of going through Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Saturday, because we know what's going to happen. We go roll up in the church on Easter Sunday, and we go have our cute outfits on, and we go, woo, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, amen, I'm alive. But the story has a Good Friday in it, and we don't want to go through Good Friday. There is no victory without the lament. The idea of victory and the notion of way has been created, it undermines the development of our faith. When we are going through struggle, we always are seeing it in the sense of, I want to get out of it as fast as possible so that I can be victorious. Instead of, what is God doing in the midst of this? What is God doing in the midst of disease and sickness? What is God doing in the midst of my finances? What is God doing on my job? What is God doing in my relationship? I'll prepare to close with this. If you go to Isaiah 58, 58, 12, if you want to read along with me, you can. Isaiah 58, 12. The prophet says, so... Psalm, in Psalms, it's talking about, it says, how long, O Lord, would you hide your face from me? What is somewhat contemporary with this psalmist writing is what the prophet Isaiah is saying in chapter 58. So, just brief history, the Israelites were in exile, they were separated from their land, some of them put in slavery, they're, they're going through it, they're going through it. And so in Psalms, you see all of this pain and lament and everything that they're going through, right? So, at the same time, what's happening is you have God in the midst of people going through lament and struggle. You have God raising up prophets to speak to the people to help them to get through their situation. So, God is still speaking to them in the midst of it. Isaiah 58 is... Isaiah 58 is actually third Isaiah. It is not all written by the same Isaiah. There's three different sections, three different writers in Isaiah. This Isaiah is the Isaiah that speaks as, how long, O Lord, are we going to be, right? 
prophet is raised up, and Isaiah is speaking. These are these, this is his audience. He is speaking, this writer is speaking to those people. Right? The writer says, remember, in Psalm, I'm sad, despondent, what's happening, not, no joy. And then this writer says, your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. If you refrain from trampling the Sabbath, from pursuing your own interests on the holy day, if you can delight, if, if, you, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day the Lord's, if you honor it and not go in your own way, serving your own interests or pursuing your own, then you shall delight in the Lord and I will make you ride upon the heights of the heaven. I will feed you with the heritage of your ancestor Jacob for the mouth of the Lord has spoken this. Here's what I like about this. Pay close attention. The writer says that God says to the people, your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. In other words, people of Israel, going through all of your struggle, you're asking God how long and when. God is saying, now, now is the time. You have been sitting back on your rear end waiting on me. But your ancient ruin shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the, the repair of the breach, the restorer of the streets to live in. Not me, God, Jehovah, but you have to do the work. You have to take action. You have to work through your lament. You have to work through your process. You have to work with your marriage. Stop asking me to help save your marriage when you need to grow the hell up. Stop asking me to save you on your job when you need to move the hell on. Stop asking me to fix things that you need to be the repairer of the breach for. I have given you all the resources I can. I gave you a pastor that's crazy as hell. I gave you a therapist that can talk to you. I don't understand why you are not willing to straighten your spine and say, I don't like what I'm going through. I'm not happy about what I'm going through, but I have every resource that I have. I'm going to square my back and think straightly and do the work that I need to do so that I can move through this. I will restore my streets. I will rebuild my walls. I will repair my life. I will use the lament to move along the course as I am supposed to. Then, then, then what happens in the text? Then he says, <laughs> then you shall take delight in the Lord and I will make you ride upon the heights of the heaven. <laughs> Where's my Holy Ghost music? Maybe I'm preaching to myself this morning. Then you shall take delight in the Lord, and I will make you to ride upon the heights of the heaven. I will feed you with the heritage of your ancestors. And from the, so, so in other words, 
<laughs> once you take action, once you accept the lament, once you accept the process, then you can move to victory. God is waiting at the celebration for you. <laughs> God is not going to get you to the celebration. God is waiting at the celebration for you. It's kind of like running a marathon. You know, when you're running a marathon and, and folks, woo, yay, go. You know, you get tired. You're like, whoo, you huffing and puffing. And then when you get to the end, if you have family and friends, they're there celebrating and there's a big part. That's where God is. God is not back here. God is at the finish line waiting on you like when. waiting on you to work through the lament and to work through the process because that's, at the end of that, that's where the celebration is. You see, you see what I, when I rejoice now about what God has done, I'm not rejoicing because God did it. I'm rejoicing because I did it. I'm rejoicing because God, God, God showed me God's self in me and I was like, I was able to do it. I was able to think through it. I was able to have an open, transparent conversation with my husband. I was able to move out of the job. I was able to do what I needed to do. I was able to do it and now I can say, I'm riding on the cloud, as the scripture says. I'm riding it out and I'm enjoying it. I'm celebrating with God. God lamented with me, but now I'm celebrating celebrating with God. Thank you, God. There's, there's always some kind of a, a lesson. And I don't, I don't know why it happens like this to me, but this is just how it happens. I'm going to say this and I'm going to close. Last week, y'all remember, <laughs> I said... I really wish, I was talking about Dr. Forbes, I said, I wish one day I'll be able to scribble some notes down on a piece of paper in 10 minutes and just go preach. I need to stop saying stuff. <laughs> I really do. This morning, I got to the church, and I had a different deconstruction sermon, and I typed it up, and then I changed it earlier this morning before I left the house, and, and so uh, I was like, okay, I'm running late, but when I get to the church, I have exactly 30 minutes to add these notes into my other file and then transfer it to my iPad and then get up here. And I get a call on my way, and Megan goes, your credit card has expired and we're not gonna be able to go online because this little piece of software needs to have the credit card added. So I'm like, okay, bet, no problem, cool, I'll get to the church, Cindy will be there, I'll grab the card, I'll run over, I'll make sure to get the card and log it in, put it in, it's fine. Then all of a sudden, we start having issues. Now I thought to myself, I'm about to preach about lament and working through it. And there I was, internally, having a combustible meltdown inside <laughs> as we, <laughs> right, it, that's what it sounded like. And, and I was like, Jesus, this is not happening. This is not, I was like, this is not happening. I was like, okay, it'll work. 
Come to find out, we worked through it, and now we have a better package than what we had before, and we're paying less. You shout amen, but I got to get back to my office to get my sermon transferred to my iPad. And then my computer crashes. At 10.55. Cause I want it. And I said, God, you gonna have to do it. Cause I don't remember everything that I put down. I don't remember everything I said. I don't remember all the quotes. I don't remember what was in my heart when I poured some of that out. But this morning, oh God, I'm preaching about lament. And so I'm going to work through the lament. I'm going to sit here and pray in four minutes. I'm going to say, Holy Spirit, speak now. Holy Spirit, come now. Holy Spirit, show me the way. I have already given the lament. But your people are waiting. Your people want to hear a word. God speak through me. I said I just wanted to scribble it down. And you gave me the gift this Sunday to scribble it down. I'll speak. I'll do what I have to. Thank you, God, for bringing us this far. Thank you, God, for getting us through the lament. Thank you, God, for getting us to the celebration. Thank you, God, for setting us free. Thank you, God, for letting us celebrate. Thank you, God, for putting us on high. Yes, God, that'll be the last time I get excited about writing a sermon in 10 minutes. But God is faithful. And if we will just show up, if we would just show up, I knew in my heart as scary as it was, I knew in my heart, I said, God, you, you know. You know I wrestled with it all week. You know what I've been through this week. Relationship, church, work, all the things. But God is moving. And if we just lean into the moment that's being created, we'll then be moved towards our path to true victory. Let us stop avoiding the struggle, and start leaning in to what God can do to us and through us in the midst of it. Amen? Amen. Hi, SPU family. Thank you so much for listening to St. Peter United Sermons podcast. We pray you were touched or moved by this sermon. To support what we do, show your love and press that follow button. For more content and news, follow us on social media platforms at St. Peter United. Remember, click, like, subscribe, and follow. See you next time.